Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. It's Tuesday, October 3rd. I'm Liz Dolan here in Santa Monica, California. Uh, my sister, Julie, you are in Dallas, Texas. How are you? Hey, Liz. I'm happy to be with you and Leon today. Okay. And Leon Dolan, back from your NYC junket. I was there. It felt like a semester abroad in New York there for six days. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that trip. Of course, uh, some really terrible breaking news yesterday. We're going to talk about the shooting in Las Vegas a little bit. Uh, we have a full show. Some Nobel Prizes were awarded this week. We're going to talk about that. Tom Petty, you and Julie, I didn't know how close you felt to Tom. So we're <laughs> yeah. going to talk about that. Uh, Julie, apparently you have some issues um, with a certain holiday. Yep, I do. I do. It's got to stop. And I'm, today's the day. I'm, lay, I'm laying down the law, sisters. Okay. Right. We have Tuesday Trends. Uh, Liz, you have a report from Portland from your big TV appearance there last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Julie, you have a story from the Wall Street Journal about when did you first feel old? I don't Right. Because you know what? When you, when you feel old, it usually means you feel badly. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would, I would say that's say, true. I feel old. I feel good. Those two things never happen. So we're going to talk. <laughs> yeah. Or I feel good about feeling old or being no. old. Yeah, also. Oh, when you say I feel old, you always also say I feel bad. That's it. You just have to stop saying it? Okay, we'll get to this. I know. All right, we have a Facebook recap, lots of things happening on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group page. And then, of course, the devastating news that Julie sent me about Chip and Joanna Gaines. So um, I bought people. I feel very badly about that, too, Liam. All right, a lot of things. But, uh, you know, there's no way to get into yet another mass shooting. But the details coming out of Las Vegas, I think everybody finds particularly disturbing. That one guy in a hotel room with dozens of guns and thousands of rounds of ammunition and with more ammunition and more guns and more explosive at his home was 400 yards away from a concert and just started shooting, killing 59 people, injuring over 500 uh, because the concert was at a three-day country music festival in Las Vegas, it attracted a national audience. You know, there people had flown in from all over. So I'm sure someone near you knows someone who was at that concert. And that happened to me yesterday. I was, we were in New York. I was flying home yesterday. I had some meetings. And I looked down and my, my group of college friends has a group text and one of them texted, oh, my gosh, Kara was in Las Vegas. So one of our good friends is a big country music fan. She loves going to these concerts. She goes to Stagecoach. She was at this one last year. She's an empty nester, so she and her husband have a lot of fun. So, of course, they had gone to Las Vegas. She was yeah. fine, but I followed up very quickly with the text to her, and she she said, I am in bad shape emotionally. Oh, so woman behind, be woman behind her was shot in the face and they just. Oh, God. I know. I mean, sadly, 
the same, you know, an equally terrible thing. My, my someone that works with my husband's daughter, twenty-seven-year-old daughter, big country western fan, uh, went to the concert. And when the parents, the ones that work with my husband, uh, you know, they tried to call her when the news first came out, and the phone, and they kept calling her phone, and she didn't pick up this at all, and they kept thinking that she's just dropped the phone, that perhaps in trying to get away, she's just dropped the phone. So they, you know, 24 hours passed, they went to Las Vegas, and sadly, they got the news that her daughter had died. I I mean, I just, I know, I know. So uh, there were a lot of people from California there were starting to see the heartbreaking obituaries of just the nice, normal people that would go to a country music festival at 10 o'clock in Las Vegas, you know, sort of a Yeah, the local paper here and on the news, it's like a special ed teacher from the middle school in Manhattan Beach and a nurse from another town and a police officer from another town. I mean... You're right. It's just like regular people right, right. out having fun when they can and living their lives. It's just so, so heartbreaking. Oh, just so. Uh, and so many more are struggling with terrible wounds in the hospital. I mean, we just have to keep really keep them in our prayers. I mean, they are just they're innocent lives that were lost, that are damaged and that will never be the same. You know, and, I kept thinking of the thousands of people like me who got texts yesterday from their friends yes, and family members right. that were there just and it shook me to my core. I could I had to go into this meeting and I'm like, oh, I can't I can't even think about this. And I got out and I just broke down thinking, oh, my gosh, that could have been, you know, Kara. And it was right. I, it's just I, I don't understand why this keeps happening and we keep pretending that we can't do anything about it. You know, I know. that is inexplicable. We have essentially a mass shooting every day in America now. There have been, yeah. what, what's the stat I read yesterday? 215 days of the year so far in 2017 or 217 days and we've had 215 mass shootings. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that we can't do anything or talk any talk about it, it makes no sense to me. I think every, I know. I think I, I don't know. I don't understand that. And you know, sisters, you and I don't always agree on politics and things. But this is one as a as a human being, as a you know, a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, a friend. It's just we have to do something about this. You know, we have to sit down and talk. You know that the you know that the human beings in the room have to talk, and we have to figure out a different way to live our lives so so many innocent people you know that this something has to be done i agree with you you know that I, senator from connecticut chris murphy who yeah. who actually you know took a, be was sworn in after the newtown shooting but has certainly been a leading voice in in gun control he, he has a very measured sensible approach and i saw him speak yesterday and he said this is a this is not a quick fix solution you know, yeah. the, you know, yeah. the, we essentially the manufacturers of guns have a lot of control in this country because they give out a lot of money. It, think about it. The manufacturers of something. It's not there's just really a professional organization that gives out a lot of money. And, you know, he said they have a 30 year head start on us. So if people care deeply about this issue and you want to put it in your primary slot of your donating and your time and your focus and your voting. That's the thing to do. But he said it is a long-term social solution right. that, you know, starts 
maybe in Congress, but also with each of us individually in our communities, sort of local communities. Yeah, because it's not obvious. Yeah, right. It's It's not. not It's not clear what the right thing to do is, what would have prevented this. Who knows? But we have to sit down and talk. Talk about it. Yeah, yeah. the idea that like, oh, we can't speak because that's, that's, you know. No, no, no. All sides have to talk and listen. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And for the for the people that lived through it there on site, like your friend Kara, Leah, and like how they get over experiencing something like that, you just you have to wish them like all the the best that they can just to get back to real life. I don't know how I don't know how that happens too. I remember after nine eleven in New York that it's just like the the numbers of people that it you know, affected permanently that it, you know, it changed their lives and the way they made decisions about what they wanted to do with their life and where they wanted to live and where they wanted to work. It, you know, it feels like this one has that same sense of power uh, over people. Just so, so tragic. You know, one of the interesting um, things is that one of the, our friends on our group text, there are six of us, uh, one is a psychologist. It's good to have a friend who's a psychologist. I recommend that. And uh, I have every a couple. Group, every group needs one. I it's think. true. An actual trained psychologist, not just someone who reads O Magazine. And um, <laughs> and so that, so, you know, Danielle already reached out to her. And one thing I know about Carrie is she would be opening, open to getting help. This is not something she would power through. She's already said, this is, I'm in bad shape and this is life-changing, and, and that's true of everything. And Liz, it's interesting that you mentioned 9-11 because we were in New York, and I went to the 9-11 memorial. I had not been there, yeah. uh, and it's very powerful. I don't know it is. if you've been it there. It is, yes. But I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't cope. I couldn't deal. I had to leave. I, I really, yeah, um, I just couldn't, I wasn't ready. It was so crowded in a weird touristy way and people were taking selfies. And then there was a tour guide behind me, like with his microphone talking about that day, like doing a timeline and sort of an animated voice. I, I just, I couldn't cope. You know, that's funny that you say that Leanne, because the time I went, I kind of had a similar reaction that it was not peaceful enough. I don't know what I expected. I mean, it's beautiful and it's thoughtful and it's very well done, but the sort of like solemnness. Yes, exactly. Julie, like I wanted it. I wanted the people to just be quiet. I know it, it, because it has that tourist attraction vibe, I found that very, very unsettling. You know, Mm. I'd like to go back there at some point, like by myself, but I know that will never happen. But I'm not surprised that you felt that way. I had a very similar reaction. Yeah. My husband's like, do you want to wait in that line for the museum? I said, no way. I can't. No, no. I mean, I found looking into the wells, the, you know, the fountains very powerful, but yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, I was surprised I had such a reaction. So, uh, so anyway, anyway, that was. It's a long, it's a long day yesterday, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's a long right. day. It felt like. Well, when... I think it just. I, I mean, I just really was focusing this morning on just trying to be as kind as possible to everyone I came in, t- in contact yeah. with, and because I, I think everybody is trying to cope with you know the horrible events of of Las Vegas, or are concerned about the people in Puerto Rico, or Texas, or Florida. So we all have so much we're trying to cope with. 
that just trying to be a little nicer, you know, I don't know, letting someone in line in front of you or, you know, whatever it is. I, I, I think it's a good That's thing good, to Julie. Do. Yes. Yeah, it I is. Okay, yes. just well, sometimes it's come. true. The solutions are within us. We can't, it's yeah. not always going to come from a, you know, a powerful person. It's not, you know, some, some of these solutions are within us. Yeah. Some of them are. All right. Well, I mean, one other just sad, not on the scale, but kind of bizarre aspect of yesterday was also the the death of Tom Petty, who was alive and then he was dead and then he was alive again <laughs> and then he was dead. So and I don't mean to say that in a funny way. I know. It was very confusing. It was confusing. It was, it was a very confusing day. It was I just I, on top of everything else that that just made it even stranger. You know, I mean, Tom Petty was just here at the Hollywood Bowl last week, did a giant show. Friends of mine were at the show at the Bowl. And then so when I saw that on my, you know, Twitter feed yesterday, I was like, what? That well, that can't be possible, you know, because there are so many false claims of people dying on Twitter all the time. So I started to put it away and then he was alive again. Any, anyway, whatever. But here's my remembrance of Tom Petty because it wasn't so much just his music overall as much as in the mid 80s I acquired my first television it was the first time I ever actually owned a tv and had cable I guess that was it I finally had enough that is big time Liz that you are that is adulthood right yes I lived in a one-bedroom apartment in New York City our brother Brendan also lived there on my living room couch And so I decided to spring for cable as long as I now owned a television and uh, could scrape together the 30 bucks a month or whatever it was then. And so let's call it like 1985. The thing that I remember most about, so, and all I did was watch MTV. There was nothing on TV that I was interested in watching. (laughs) Well, moonlighting, there was moonlighting. Yes, there was moonlighting. And for some reason, Brendan and Brendan and I enjoyed uh, She's the Boss. We did watch that. So we watched Moonlighting, She's the Boss. That's very deep when you think about you and Brendan watching She's the Boss. Okay, carry on, Liz. Okay. So, but remember, those were the glory days of MTV when it was all music videos. Right. And so it was just super entertaining all the time, like 24-7. It was going to be good on MTV. So the when I think of Tom Petty, I think of the video uh, for Don't Come Around Here No More, the whole Alice in Wonderland themed thing. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. he's Mad Hatter and he's in the big giant hat. And then Alice turns into a cake and they end up eating her. It was funny. It was dark. It was weird. And it was in heavy rotation, heavy, heavy rotation in my one bedroom apartment in 1985. So that is my favorite memory of Tom Petty. I came home last night, like generally feeling so sad about the world and about things. And I just watched a lot of Tom Petty videos, including, by the way, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, uh, performance where he's with Prince. And Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. Mid- no, he's really, Tom Petty is the fabric of my life. So I, I just, yeah, he's, he's solid rock and roll that you got to love him. So and he was miss. relatively young, 66. And yes, he was, yes. this was going to be their last world tour. They thought he said, we're all getting old. He has a new granddaughter. He was looking forward to spending time with her. So that really made me sad. Really yeah. sad. Yeah. yeah. So right. we're sorry about that. I know. Just another sad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
On a brighter note, this is the week that the Nobel Prizes all come out, and uh, we love these every year. I feel like most of the time, this is the only science I learn in a year is like every day when they announce, here's what the prize in physics is for, and here's what the prize in medicine is for. And you can really dig in and learn about like what these amazing scientists are working on for their entire careers, you know? So the... The prize, the prize in physiology or medicine went to Jeffrey Hall, Michael Roshbash, and Michael Young. And they're the ones that figured out, like, what our biological clock really is, right? That's, so That's pretty amazing. With fruit flies, Liz. That's the most amazing part, Julie. Like, <laughs> I can see if you had, like, human subjects that you could follow for 30 years, you might be able to figure it out. But the fact that they did it all with fruit flies and then can extrapolate that to every other creature on the planet is pretty amazing. And what they figured out is that all organisms, including humans, they operate on 24-hour rhythms. So that controls sleep and wakefulness, but also blood pressure, heart rate, alertness, body temperature, reaction time. And that it's the cells, there's a gene that builds up proteins at night during sleep. So imagine like while you're sleeping, protein, 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 building, building, building. And then in the daytime, the protein degrades in accordance with, in this case, the insect's sleep-wake cycle, but let's just say humans. So you're building a protein by day and degrading the protein by night, and then you build it up again the next day. I don't know. That just seems amazing to me that somebody figured that out with fruit flies. (laughs) <laughs> and they did, you know. But you said build up the protein at night, not do you, during the day, right? Oh, yeah. Sorry, okay. that's what I said, right? The, You're not yeah. going to get the Nobel Prize because if you did it the other way, Liz. <laughs> make a, yes, you make a protein that builds up at night. At night. Okay, that's, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you were so yeah. busy building, Liz, you sort of inverted your night and day. Okay. Okay. Well, let's just say I, I can't even operate my wireless printer here in my office. So, you know, I was reading this today as I was trying to get something to print for the show. And sometimes when I press print, it prints immediately. And other times, like, 11 minutes later, it prints. I don't under, I don't even understand that. It's and building up protein, Liz. That's yeah. obviously what it's doing. Right, and I'm too lazy to figure it out. So the idea that you can spend your lifetime working with fruit flies on, on their protein de- degradation, that is pretty amazing to me. And then the other one, the other big prize that already came out this week is the one about gravitational waves. And longtime Satellite Sister listener Leslie Maxfield, who, Leanne, I know is a friend of yours, mm-hmm. she's all over that story today. Yes. Well, she works at Caltech. She went to Caltech, and two of the winners there are, are from Caltech. And um, she's been excited about the LIGO the laser interferometer gravitational wave observatory for many years. And so, and her job at Caltech is to sort of spread the wonders of Caltech to the world through, you know, she does, she sets up big press conferences or broadcasts the speeches that they do or the lectures. So she is on it. She loves these guys. Dr. Weiss, 85, Dr. Thorne, 77, and Dr. Barish, 81. They have been working on this for 40 years. And uh, gravitational waves were predicted by Einstein. Um, I know. That's amazing. That's amazing. But he said, I don't think we'll ever be able to really measure them in any way because you can't see them. <laughs> They're literally, as I understand them, Liz, 
a rift in the time-space continuum. So, Ooh. oh, that, that is it's Outlander. A, it's a, that's Outlander. It Leanne. Is. It's a giant boulder in Scotland. It's a ripple. You in, can see that thing. It, it is a ripple in the time fabric of time and space. Okay, that's what they're measuring. So, uh, and that's they do it with the laser, <laughs> and so they can measure like two black holes colliding. I mean, that's nuts that they can do that. That is nuts. And okay, so the black holes collide, and then it takes 1.3 billion years for the waves to arrive at the LIGO detector. Lane. Yes. Yeah. So, so they're okay. measuring something that happened 1.3 billion years ago. And people are psyched about it. That's the thing <laughs> about science. It's like the rest of us are like, oh, that happened last week. So over it, you know, but yeah. not these guys. So, uh, and apparently they toiled away for many years and people thought they were crazy and thought the project was going nowhere. That wasn't cheap. They had a billion dollars of funding to spend over the 40 years to get this, uh, to get these things working. But very, I think they were as a shoe in for the Nobel. That doesn't happen very often, but from what I understand from all my friends <laughs> in the astrophysics community here in Pasadena. <laughs> So there you go. Shoe in for the Nobel Prize. And they're taking Leanne, it Leanne and Liz, there's always next year. Perhaps yes, yes. you'll get the nod. You'll get the call. For some of your work, I don't know, Leanne, in your backyard. Thank uh, you. And Liz, your yeah. work with your with your wireless printer. With my wireless printer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To understand. There's some rip in the time-space continuum between my laptop and the printer, which is like an arm's length away. Never mind the 1.3 billion years it could take to get over there. So... Uh, congrats to all these Nobel Prize winners. Just, it just keep up the good work. That's what we say. Keep up. (laughs) All right, we're the Satellite Sisters. We're going to take a break to thank our sponsors. Uh, When we get back, I have a business idea. If you're in the New York area, I have a business idea for you. I cannot execute it, but someone should. So stay tuned for that. Julie has uh, Tuesday trends, and Liz is going to give us a Facebook roundup. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. Okay, thanks so much, MeUndies, for supporting Satellite Sisters, and thanks, Satellite Sisterhood, for supporting the companies who support us. All right, it's Leanne. I'm back from New York. I I really felt like I was there forever. I left last Tuesday right after the show. I just got back late last night. It was a... uh, it was a six-day extravaganza with my husband. He had a bunch of meetings. I had a bunch of meetings. We had a quick trip out to Connecticut. We stayed in three different hotels. We were on the move a lot. Here's what you need to know. I was in the city for four full days. Uh, uh-huh. I walked 57 miles in four days. <laughs> You're kidding. Oh, no. 57 miles? Yeah. I mean, is that nuts or what? I mean, it was just from one end of the island to the other, back and forth constantly. What yeah, was your- pretty much. I mean, I don't know how it happened. And I was also, I, I bought the seven-day Metro Pass. So I was also on like buses and trains and we rented a car at one point. But a couple of times we went out to like catch the bus and, oh, it was the Polish Day Parade. So, okay, we'll walk 60 blocks, you know, from yeah. Central Park down to the village. Sure, we'll do that. Or, oh, we can't get a cab back. Okay, we'll walk another 50 blocks. <laughs> One day I went to the Cloisters. Have oh, you, oh, have you yeah, ever been? That's got to be like that's that's got to be like ten miles from Midtown. It, it is. I mean, I had to take a crosstown bus and then a a subway 
and then I uh, I I somehow managed to to use half the directions from the Metropolitan Museum of Art website and half from my um, Google Maps. So basically, I was on the wrong train and got off at the wrong stop. <laughs> so then I had to like hike through Tryon Park, which is in what the curator of the museum called Upstate Manhattan, which is true. <laughs> I mean, that day alone, I, I did like 14 miles my first day. Is this in your new patent leather clogs or were you wearing? No, at, you know what? I went with the booties. I went with the booties and then with the sneakers. Because you know what? Okay. Who's kidding who? New York is hard on your feet. Just put the sneakers on. Everyone wears sneakers now, you know, or boots. They're not ashamed. No one is in high-heeled shoes. I was just there to walk. And I think it was because the weather was gorgeous. So Friday afternoon. My husband was done with his meetings. We walked all the way up through Central Park and wound our way back down and went to the Cooper Hewitt, then walked over for dinner to Hell's Kitchen. It was just a fant- – we had fantastic weather, so it was perfect walking weather, great good. you know, great New York time. We saw a lot of good museums, had, uh, had a couple of great meals, didn't go anywhere super fancy, just went to kind of neighborhood places and – uh, we failed to see any shows, so because uh, apparently people in New York go to the theater, so we would like hesitate oh. for one second to buy a ticket, and then all the tickets would be gone. But that's okay. We go to a lot of stuff here in LA. You know, it's not like we live in the middle of nowhere. We have good food and and theater in LA, so we were just yeah. taking taking in all of the city. I'd like to shout out to the guy on Eighth Avenue the first night. He was walking his dog, who was a very charming uh, boxer wearing a bow tie, and uh, <laughs> I said something. And then Barrick said, hey, where can we go get a good meal here? He goes, go over to Ninth. He mentioned three or four restaurants. We went to a Mediterranean place that was a real neighborhood place that had like Liz, it doesn't happen in New York where there's a garden in the back of one of those. No, that is rare, especially in Midtown. Little white lights. It was like we were in a romantic comedy. I could not believe it. So (laughs) shout out to that nice guy on 8th Avenue. I was like, how we never would have stopped at this place or found this. So I like the fact that with the whole internet at your fingertips, with all of your Yelps and open tables, you're just talking to strangers on 8th (laughs) Avenue with cute dogs. Dog, well, I mean, as you can trust a dog owner, Liz. Yes. That's the thing. Well, yeah. the dog was wearing a bow tie, Liz, and he was British, and I, I'm assuming gay, because he was very tastefully dressed. So we thought we were just in good hands. With that whole combination, he would know a good neighborhood restaurant to go to. He obviously lived there. So that was great. Uh, Sunday was a beautiful day. We just walked around the village. I do. I have a question for you. It was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. People were eating full meals with wine and food and at, sitting outside. Wait, is that still brunch at 4 p.m. on a Sunday? <laughs> yes, it is. That is brunch. It's a whole day is it, thing. It's not yeah. liner. It's not, we're like, is that lunch and dinner? Is that brunch? What is that? It's brunch. It's brunch goes, okay. It's just, as our mother would say, it's just your main meal. Leah. Yeah. It's main meal. It doesn't matter what time of day it is. You just have to declare it your main meal. So here's the thing, though. Here's what I've noticed about Manhattan, you know, but going in my whole life, walking around the city. And when we used to go in as kids, our mother would always tell us, if you need to go to the bathroom, uh, go to a hotel, right? Go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to the Waldorf Astoria is where we spent 
spent a lot of time as kids in the lovely ladies' room at the Waldorf Astoria. Or the ladies' room at Saks. That was a solid gold place, too. That was you also... upstairs. It was a little longer, but but she felt like it, it got very good quality bathroom there. Yeah. Yep. So I feel like the Manhattan ladies' rooms now, they're sort of off limits. Several of the hotels, you had to have room keys to get into the bathrooms. They're shutting off access. So as a result... Oh. There are like no bathrooms. In, it's very hard if you don't live there or work in an office to find a ladies' room. So here's mm. my business idea. I just want someone to open up a ladies' room. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like imagine if Starbucks sold nothing, just was a really nice like hotel quality bathroom for ladies. Like at some point in every day, I was like, I would pay $100 for a ladies' room right now. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? I so don't you're think not. something really clean, yeah. very nice, yeah. maybe an attendant in there yeah. as well. Yeah. 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 Not out towels. Yeah. Yeah. A little like at one point, uh, the day that I had to walk to the cloisters, which is the medieval museum in, in upstate Manhattan. And then I had to meet a friend for dinner and it was also a very humid day. That was the only day it was like 85 humid. I mean, I, 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 again, at the end of 14 miles, I had to meet someone for dinner. I was actually in a, the stacks of a library trying to towel off and get pull myself together. <laughs> I, like, I was like, mm-hmm. I would give $100 for a ladies' room right now where I could just go get put on a, a fresh face, wash my face, wipe my hands down. So that's it. That's the business idea. Imagine- I like that idea, Leanne. I yeah. think. I like that idea too. And nothing, you know, nothing mm-hmm. fancy. Like you don't need to serve drinks in there. You don't even. It's just a ladies' room. <laughs> That's it. No men. I don't want men in there. I don't want them. a men's room. Is a different vibe. That's a different vibe. I don't want it. I like it. Mm-hmm. So, so that's just a free idea you're putting out into the world. Anyone can take that yeah. and you will not follow up for rights or anything. I'm not going to be. No, I'm not going to be. I, I would like a lifetime membership. You know, I think you yeah. could sell it on a monthly subscription basis or yes. a week long path. Again, yeah. charge whatever you want because there are if Wendy's is your only option in Manhattan now. And believe me, it was one day and it wasn't pretty in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I think that I would think, be nice. It would be a nice gift that you could give to someone too. You know, <laughs> an annual membership to the ladies' room, and you could have them every couple of blocks, like a and Dwayne that's Reed. What, and that's a great name, the ladies' the, room. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's done. Start start writing your proposal, people. Maybe we can okay. get like the Harry and David's people or the Me Undies. Me Undies. They would be the perfect sponsorship <laughs> for a ladies' room. <laughs> Just get on it. Okay, I'm excited about that. I know, I know, right? The more you think about it, the more sense it makes. It does. It makes a lot of sense. Okay, Uh, sisters, I I have a couple of questions uh, for you. Now, uh, would you, like, what do you consider, like, the major holidays in the the year? Top three holidays. Leon, what are the top three holidays? Uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and Fourth of July. Okay. Liz? Uh, I would definitely say Christmas and 4th of July. I was going to say Easter also, just yeah. because it's a, such a great time of year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Halloween is not a, a, a top ranked holiday. Okay. Can we, we, so we can stipulate that. I mean, you don't get the day off from work. Okay. It is not recognized nationally. Nothing, you know, banks are open. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. post offices are open. I don't understand how a holiday that really was aimed at children. Okay. I've given up my rant that I I know adults celebrate Halloween, but I, I just have to draw the line. I don't understand why we have to have 
four weeks of Halloween decorations on people's lawns. Okay. Here in Dallas, it's full blown Halloween. We got witches, we got mummies, we've got ghosts. I mean, we've got, you know, dead skeletons. I mean, it's, it was October 1st. People put stuff out and I think that's wrong for a a minor holiday. No, I can't. Just wrong. uh, You know, I can't support this fully. I mean, I enjoy Halloween and, you know, I decorate a lot. And if you have kids in the house, they get pretty psyched. Like on Saturday, October 1st, we saw a kid walking in the village and he had on a stormtrooper costume. And I knew exactly that was brand new. And my husband said, that's it. His mom said, I will buy your costume on October 1st, not a day before. And as soon as he got it, he put it on. And I had to give him a lot of credit there. <laughs> Just did. And I, I would say this, Julie, I'm, I'm with you in spirit. Yeah. But I spent most of the day yesterday in a hospital here in Los Angeles, right. I, respecting the HIPAA laws. I will not name the member of our family who had some surgery yesterday. But anyway, I was in the hospital all day and I actually remarked out loud that it was kind of nice to have the Halloween decorations up in the hospital, you know, where they, they need themes. So if you're not going to go with the jack-o'-lanterns in October, then people start jumping ahead to Thanksgiving or Christmas. So at least it keeps people in October. Put what? out some pumpkins. I put out some pumpkins. Okay. You want a bittersweet? Fine. A fall decorations. Fall oh, is the okay. season. Okay? okay. It's just Halloween is like Valentine's Day. It's sort of a made up holiday. You know, not well, sort of. Not really? You know? It has deep well, religious roots. I mean, I mean, it has roots. religious. Yeah. yeah but, but it's not like that part of it is at, at all celebrated. So, but I mean, it's been commercialized <laughs> the same way Valentine's Day is. Yeah. So, uh-huh. but I just think we can contain it. I mean, it's out of okay. control. It's a, well, I was it's just a, happy to see it contained to October because you see the stuff in the stores starting in August and I'm against that. But once October 1 rolls around, I'm, I'm no, kind of I okay. just, I say, I say the week before Halloween, go crazy, you know, but just, okay. I mean, it's a long month. You know, <laughs> I'm going to be looking at those witches and that cauldron and that mommy. I just, uh, wow. Ooh, is this okay, when, well, is this when we do the story about how old do you feel? Is this when we do it? <laughs> okay, okay. The cranky neighbor complaining about me. Get off my lawn! I'm getting one of those signs. Yeah. Get well, off. you know what? It, what is timely uh, because it's more seasonal than just Halloween are the annual uh, pumpkin spice reviews that Tara posts every year. Yes. Um, on Facebook and it's in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So uh, maybe now is the time to give you a quick rundown on Tara's thumbs up and thumbs down. It's very short, but we like the idea that she has taken this on as her responsibility every year. So here we go. (laughs) Pumpkin spice coffee creamer, delicious with the right amount. Use too little and the taste of coffee comes through. Once I added more pumpkin spice creamer, sugar and milk, the horrid taste of coffee was gone and my morning drink was delicious. (laughs) So apparently Tara is not a coffee drinker. Next up, (laughs) pumpkin spice pasta sauce. Bland. It made me crave garlic and salt. So I would say that's a thumbs down. Pumpkin spice cookies. Wonderful, especially after I added pumpkin spice chips. Okay, so you got the spices and you got the spices. Yeah. She's totally into the the, the pumpkin. (laughs) Okay, pumpkin spice muffins. I burned them. My son still loved them. So they get a good grade. B+. Uh, pumpkin spice English muffins, nasty. 
Yeah, I, I suspected that all along, Tara, but I'm glad someone else tasted them. Pumpkin spice cake tasted great, especially with smashed bananas taking the place of half the oil. Oh, Pumpkin spice whipped cream on top of Friendly's pumpkin spice ice cream. Wow, Tara. I recommend the whipped cream. I don't recommend the ice cream. It tasted like vanilla gone horribly wrong. Pumpkin spice ice cream is much better. So write that down, sisters. Then we have Land O'Lakes, pumpkin spice butter, delicious on crescents, pancakes, and oatmeal. And that's it. So good tip. Pumpkin spice pancake mix, pretty good. I needed to add more cinnamon to bring out the spice. That's it so far. Uh, I'm looking forward to more pumpkin spice recommendations. Thank, thank you, Tara. This is, the, this is now our official way of... Kicking off the season is uh-huh. having your... Yeah, well, I would be happy to see pumpkin spice uh, displays on the front lawn. That would be good. And I think Tara, I'm going to nominate her for a Nobel Prize. Because <laughs> this kind of research... Well, <laughs> She actually tasted the pumpkin spice English muffins. So really, that is, uh, that is a sacrifice to eat the nasty English muffins. Oh, right. you know what? Can I just mention one thing English muffin related? We were walking through Chelsea... <laughs> I mean, I know this is hard to believe. We're walking through Chelsea, just charming old houses, really old part of the city. And there's a sign, a plaque on one of the houses that says the Muffin House. And I go to read it. And the original owner of the house was a Samuel Thomas. And yes, that is where he invented Thomas's English muffins. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how great is that? You know, so not only is science great, history is great, too. (laughs) Right there, the muffin house. Thank you, Leanne. That was an excellent English muffin uh, uh, segue. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, I while you were in New York uh, last week, Julie, you were home. I was in Portland, Oregon, uh, where I lived for many years. It's always a pleasure to go back and visit. I do not get there often enough. I I decide it was so great in Portland last week, just sunny and gorgeous, and you know that this is the perfect time of year in the Pacific Northwest. I decided next year I'm going to actually plan a vacation in Portland. Just go there on vacation. I was there for a couple of work things. I was giving a speech, and then. Um, and then I was doing a, a TV appearance on uh, the, the ABC affiliate there, KATU. They have a show called Afternoon Live. And Leanne, you're one of their favorite guests there on Afternoon Live. I, I've been on a couple of times. I mean, that is the hardest work and talk show in America. They book like 20 guests for a single hour. And the host, <laughs> Trey Renee, she just rolls. She just rolls from segment to segment. That is not easy to do live TV like that. And she's a lot of fun. And the producer, Katie, is a ton of fun. Yes. They were both really fun. I had a great time. You know, I pitched them a couple of ideas and they said, okay, we'll do both. So I was on... It is tough to fill a show, an hour of afternoon TV. So I was on at the top of the show doing a segment uh, about my other podcast, I Hate My Boss. We did a whole uh, two episodes on office romances. I know. That's good, Liz. Yeah. yeah, So we covered office romances at the top of the show. But then at the bottom of the show, I gave Trey Renee a lesson on her iPhone about how to download and subscribe to podcasts because we all travel around a lot, right? And we talk to many people who are potential Satellite Sisters listeners, but they're just sort of put off by the, I don't get the podcast thing. 
And it's so easy. So I did a little demo. You guys have seen the video, right? Wasn't it cute? Yes. Yeah. You did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Liz, well done. Very clear. And you look good too, Liz. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Trey Renee was totally game to do it, you know, because it's not exactly the most exciting TV, like holding up your phone and pressing an app necessarily, but we were ready and we had fun. So I have the link to that is already posted in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, but I'm also going to post it on our website at some point today when I have time. I had our webmaster explain to me last night how to do that (laughs) because we don't post videos there very often. I never can do it right. I know know. it's supposed to be easy, and I think I've done it correctly once in my entire online life. Like, okay, you get the embed code, blah, blah. I never can do it right. Yeah. Well, you know, if you're listening to this on Tuesday (laughs) afternoon, give me a little more time. And uh, if you're living, listening to it on Wednesday afternoon, I completely failed. Uh, but that's what I'm going to work on this afternoon. I'll have the video. And here's what we want you to do. We want you to share it with your friends who don't listen to podcasts. Obviously, if you're listening to us right now, you're totally down with how to subscribe to a podcast. But some of your friends may not be so confident. So please share it on. Anyway. Fantastic time in Portland, Oregon. I recommend it. If you're looking just for a fun place to go for the weekend, it's just a, it's a fantastic city. And I went up to the Rose Garden, uh, which is so gorgeous there, sort of overlooking downtown Portland and snow-capped Mount Hood. And our mom worked there as a deadheader for a number of years. So I sort of communed with mom a little bit up there in the Rose Garden, which was very nice. Nice. Good work, Liz. Good work. Well, sisters, you know, it's Tuesday. We have, and I have some trends for you. Uh, I don't know. Because I know we've had a series of Tuesdays where we ran out of time for the trends. And how are we supposed to know what's going on in the world? So I'm going okay. to All right. Well, are you two strapped in? Because Elon Musk, you know, he, he's bringing us the Tesla. He and, and all kinds of interplanetary travel. He has made the announcement 2024. You're going to be able to go to anywhere on Earth in under an hour. That's right. He wants to use the same interplanetary rocket system that he has for long distance trips. He wants to be able, he wants you to be able to travel around the Earth. So just think of it, Liz. You're going to be able to go to New York to Los Angeles 24 minutes. How about that? You blast. That would be awesome. So you could go for the whole day and then still sleep in your own bed? I would enjoy that. Okay. Lee, how about you? Would you like to go London? Would you like to go New York to London? 29 minutes. It's the rocket part. That's my problem. I was going to get to that, Leanne. Oh. And this is, yeah, that is the, you do blast off. So you would, you would blast off and he'd have these pads in major cities around the world in which you could touch down. So Hong Kong, Singapore, London, Dubai, New York, Los Angeles, okay? And he's a little light on the details. That some, somewhere between 80 to 200 people, I don't know what you're going to be wearing. I don't know if you have to wear spacesuits to, <laughs> to blast off. Not sure about dress codes on the plane. Not sure about whether there's first class or coach. I don't know if you get a window seat. I don't know how you're strapped in. But it's only for 22 minutes. So how bad could it be? Right. How about that? I, I would suggest that they test it on fruit flies first. That would, that's what I've learned today. 
Well, I, I just was impressed that he thinks he can get this all together by 2024. You know, that's not that far off, you know? So. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, that's going to take me that long to get the ladies' room up and running. <laughs> okay. Okay. But be on the lookout for this for a little, for maybe a little, you know, you can d- take a rocket ship to your next location. Okay. Like uh, it. it could be good. It could be good. Okay. Second trend on to fashion. All right. All right. Uh, Liz, you yes. look good in a coat, right? You like, Oh, to I love coats. You okay. know, I love like the car coat length of a coat. Okay. Yeah. I know it's very attractive, very flattering. Yes. Well, here's the latest fashion trend, Liz. That coat looks good. But if you really want to up your fashion game this year, you're going to have to put a puffer coat underneath. That's it. You oh need to God. layer coats, Liz. Okay. No, it's you mean like Taylor Leone and Madam Secretary? Yeah, right. That's yes, exactly. Exactly, Liz. It is not enough to wear one coat uh, uh, for this fall fashion season and into the spring. You need to wear more because the new look is called magpie opulence. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. What? Marketing person, can I comment that that is that is not an appealing name? <laughs> okay, Matt, Leon, you know I gave you that cute pink crossbody bag, yes. right? Yeah. Okay, it's totally cute. Okay, but for this fall, what you need to do is you need to add four more bags to really make a statement. You need a backpack, you need a shoulder bag, you need a satchel, and then you need a soft bag. Okay, wow. five bags. Leanne, that's what you need to wear because that's what Marc Jacobs, Coach, Prada, Marnie, Gucci, they're all the leaders in fashion are showing this similar theme. Uh, Marnie calls their their line treasure hunt theme as if you're just finding clothes and putting it on. I enjoy, you know, the long sheath look, you know, just the simple. Yes. yes. Very flattering on you. Very flattering, but not enough. If I'm going to wear that, I've got to put a long skirt underneath the dress, you know, so because it's not you have to layer things up. They want it's essentially the kitchen sink approach to style. They want you to just put on everything you got in your closet. Just put it on. okay? put it all on. okay? Because that's that's what uh, that's what they're showing. Okay, can we go to that story now about things that make you feel old? Because this would be it. You know? <laughs> okay. Because okay. here's what's going to happen. I know it's a trend now, and I'm going to look at it for like two years and think that is so ugly. And then three years from now, I'll start doing it. You know. I know. I mean, they believe that this is creating individuality, Liz. That you're really expressing yourself as a person when you layer your coats. Okay. It is Leon a DIY approach to dressing. Okay. That you just, you can put all this on, okay, and express yourself. So you, we started layering with jewelry. Now you need to layer with purses, okay? So I want to see you with a few more bags, sister, okay? It's like, it's like when you're flying. It's like flying every day, you know, when you're like, okay, I got to pack the coat, but I can't really fit in. Okay, I'll just wear the coat. I'll wear this. I'll put my bag in a bag of bags. Okay, I'm going to yes. add a couple of extra layers, and then I'm going to put a wrap on because I'm... <laughs> That's, okay, that's, that's so it's every day you got like that. It. It every is, day, it okay. is. There you go. You got the magpie opulence look going. So magpie let's opulence. Oh wow! Okay. I reject it. Okay, 
Third one, Liz, I know you're going to love this trend. I think we need more of this. And we have the Iowa Department of Transportation to thank for it. They were trying to think of some snappy way to remind people not to be on their cell phones when they're driving down the highways in the great state of Iowa. Okay. So what did they, what they did, they have those big message boards like they have in LA, they have them in Dallas, you know, they're on all the highways and Uh, They decided to put on their the Iowa message boards the following statement. Old Taylor can't come to the phone, dot, dot, dot. She's driving. Okay, and this is a way to remind people not to text and drive. Okay, that uh, and of course, it's a reference to Taylor Swift's new uh, new song, new single, right, new single where she's got the line. I'm sorry, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. Why? Because she's dead. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. This is a kind of a sassy message. And I think if I was driving down the highway and I saw that old Taylor can't come to the phone, dot, 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 she's driving, it would make me smile and laugh. And not that I text and drive anyway, but it would be a good reminder. What do you think? Yeah, I, sure. yeah, I'm a, anything I'm a, I'm, that stops people from texting and driving, especially you, because I, I think you want to keep your eyes focused on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It's clever. Yeah. Okay. That's it. That's the trend. Clever messages on the on the boards. Okay. That's what we're looking for. More Taylor Swift lyrics on our our DOT transportation messages. There you go. All right. Okay, Jill. We have to just cover the Chip and Joanna Gaines story. You sent it to me. Breaking news last week. I know it happened in the middle of while we were recording the podcast, Leon, yes. and I was tempted to text you. I think I did text you in the middle of the podcast. Yes, I'm like, it was. Chip and Joanna, no more, no more subway tiles, Leon. They're not going to open up any more kitchens. It's not. But no more big clocks. What, no what more, are we no going to do with words. all those big clocks? No more words on the wall. They're just. All the farmhouse sinks in Texas are just going to be abandoned by the roadside. What's going to happen? All of them. So in People Magazine, it was supposed to be the real story of why they're quitting. And I think okay. the real story of why they're quitting is um, is that they just don't want to do the show anymore because they've made enough money. I that, yeah. But they didn't say that directly, but it was like they uh, want to go out while they're ahead. You know, yeah. it's a lot of work to do a TV show and you have to be yeah. on all the time. And from what I can tell in the People Magazine story, I think the real reason is that Chip wanted to grow a beard because now he has a beard. And, and they wouldn't and they wouldn't let him do it on the show. And he's no. grown his hair out and he actually looks like less goofy and kind of cute with the beard, I have to say. And apparently, you know, the follow up to their huge best selling book, Magnolia, whatever, is Chip's personal story, because I think that's what we were all waiting for. <laughs> Oh, really? (laughs) Right? Weren't we? No, not one bit. Not one bit. I enjoy them. I, I, you know, I felt felt like I discovered them very early on when they started on HGTV. And I think they're a very cute couple. I love, you know, I love the spirit of their show and she did cute little things. Okay. That was, that was great. And they've done great things for the city of Waco, Texas. I'm all, I'm all fine with them, but here's the title of Chip's biography. I think you're going to want to get this for your husband. Capital gains. 
Oh, Ooh, wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I just, yeah, I just, was Chip anyone is waiting the author, for that? I yeah. somehow I don't see, yeah. I don't see him as, you know, that I, so, well, I think uh, it's very the, shrewd. They're giving us a little break. Yeah. We all need a break. Yeah. You, you know, know it's not like there back. are a thousand episodes you yeah. can watch any day of the week right. on HGTV. Right. Yeah. But right. like the fact that they would step back for a little, I suspect they're going to be back at yeah. some point. They're totally going to be g- back. Liz. Give us a little break. No, yeah. no Chip and Joanna fixer up or burnout. I think that's, that's smart. Yeah. And, and they I have like four just, kids. Yeah. They have all these enterprises. They all have a B and B. They have a bakery. They have the giant retail store. Didn't you, you know, go there? Julie yes of course I went there of course I and it was it's every single of course I went there Liz and it's jammed (laughs) you have to stand in line to get in there you know I mean people love it people love it it's it is like the biggest draw in Waco Texas now so there, uh, that's the tr- there's the true story is that Chip wanted to grow a beard, so that's why they stopped. <laughs> they're stopping the show, but that's there you have it, Julie. So there really wasn't much to the people. Don't be lured in unless you want to read also about Pioneer Woman. She's on the cover. That's <laughs> okay, we can save well, that for next week. I I think she is. I think that that it's likely that she's going to give up too uh, at some point. I mean, be, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's out there in Oklahoma, and again. She probably, she is wildly successful. She has the show. She has the books. She has a line of dishware. She's redoing her downtown in the, you know, in the farming community that she lives in. And she lives on a giant cattle ranch. You know, it is like one the, of the largest. Top, yeah. Yeah. I, go ahead. Go, say, it's it's like one of the largest cattle ranches in Oklahoma. Yeah. Is, I didn't uh, know that their family owns, they're in the top 20 families of landowners in the country. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Pioneer oh, yeah. woman. So Pioneer. she's there making those chocolate snacks every day for her kids because they <laughs> love chocolate. Every, every, well, Leanne, every Leanne, day they have chocolate. I'm snacks. telling you, Leon, if you lived way out, you, okay. you see how windy it is in Oklahoma. You see how I love Oklahoma. I love the people. I love people from Oklahoma, but it is so windy there. And it is just, you would be dipping yourself in chocolate if you lived up <laughs> just a lot of chocolate. I know you would. I, you would just, that you wouldn't serve anything else but chocolate if okay. you were living on the big ranch in Oklahoma. So I don't take that away from her. She's she's done some fine things too, fine things for her community. Good for her. Yeah. So so there you go. All right. Okay. Question for you, sisters. When was the first time you felt old? Do you remember the moment? Was there something that triggered it? Was it after a workout? Was it when you went to get your latte and someone said, "Here, ma'am," you know, or <laughs> yes, yeah. all of those things. All those things mm-hmm. are true. Yeah. All yeah, okay. those times. Yeah. Well, for me, it was like a lot of. Either cultural references I made that none of the youngins around me understood or the reverse when they would refer to Pitbull and I had no idea what they were talking about. It was, okay. kind of, it was that kind of stuff at work. Okay. Well, Laura Christensen, who is a psychology professor at Stanford, and she is the professor and founding member of the Stanford Center of, on Longevity. She does, she's working a lot with the idea, the perception of people's perception of being old. And she says that usually when someone feels old, it is not a good thing. There is both the, you know, physical part of it, but there's the social part of it that you were talking about, Liz, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not a cultural reference or you go to put something on and you're like, oh, I am too old to wear that. 
And she's saying that we've really got to focus. You ha- you should try to focus that if you feel young, regardless of what your age is, you tend to live longer uh, than if you feel old and you and you sort of succumb to being sick and tired. Okay, that age is really subjective, and that if you feel like you are young, you will likely you know it can be it can predict how long you'll live. You know, if you don't feel uh-huh. like you're old, Liz, you just had a big landmark birthday. Yes. Okay, and you were sort of unsettled by it, but I was it, because saying that you're sixty sounds really old, and I do not feel old. Yeah. So that's, but I mean, and that you shouldn't, you, then that's a good thing. You're going to live longer. But if you had, if you got to 60 and said, well, that's it. Okay. It's all over. Okay. Uh I'm done. Okay. I mean, you know, that, um, you know, that it's important to appreciate that time isn't endless and that somehow when you reach these landmark, uh, birthdays, that it helps you set priorities. It doesn't have to be the big negative downer that, uh, that I was afraid you were going to have on your birthday. Okay. So, right. so what do we do about it? We just change our attitude? You just- have to change your attitude. You have to see that somehow, sometimes like being older, if you put it in the context of being more capable and competent, and do you feel that? I mean, do you feel that you're at a point in your life where you are – you know, you've got a few things going for yourself that you're, sure. you know, that yes. you have yes. figured some things out. Uh, not that but you I have can't... felt that way for a long time. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you're not, I'm going to go, I'm going to turn and ask Leanne. Leanne, <laughs> let me ask you. Maybe Superwoman over there is not a good example. Yes. Maybe, maybe I have better luck with this line of questioning with you. If, uh, <laughs> Do you have, do you feel as you've gotten older, okay, that you're, you know, you have a sense of, of accomplishment of being more capable, more competent. And does that give you a sense of, you know, satisfaction and, and confidence to. Yes. I, I, yes, I would say that Julie. Yes. I, yes. I feel, yeah, I feel especially now, like I have reached a level of competency in certain things that I do. And I feel like I can tell other people how to do it too. That's, <laughs> is that the old part? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's share the, my knowledge. Okay, that's the like the cranky get off my yeah. lawn uh, yeah. part of it. Yes, yes. So I guess I mean there's there's not a giant conclusion here, but it is the idea that we're at some point we're all going to feel old in some setting, either a physical or social thing is going to set it off. But you have to just recognize that it's really how you react to that situation. Do you just take the two Advil and get back out on the court or do you just, or do you succumb to it? You know, and Mm -hmm. those that, that really don't get hung up on their particular numerical age can look forward to a longer life. Okay. That's good news. That's what I'm trying to bring you, Liz. I try to bring you good news because our, our time together is limited. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to okay. Well, speaking of limited time, we're kind of at the end of the show here. Let me just do a quick shout out to some of the posters in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you're not already a member there, here are some of the things you're missing out on. Uh, Jean posted a very inspiring video of the Coast Guard rescuing a sea turtle. So thank you, Jean. She knows how much I love sea turtles. Sea turtles are my spirit animal. Uh, Mary recommended the movie For Our Souls. Is that the name of it? The new Robert Redford, Jane Fonda? Oh, Our Souls at Night. Okay. 
Our Souls at Night, Jane Fonda and Robert Redford. Mary recommended it. Katrina has also already seen it and said it was good. So I wanted to pass that along. Karen, thank you so much. She actually posted about how much she loves my other show, I Hate My Boss, and that she actually got some useful information from Larry and I. So uh, I appreciate that, Karen. Jane, this was really so fun to see. Jane posted, did you, did you guys see an Esther Williams clip from the old... Oh, I love Esther, that, Liz. The I... Esther Williams movie, Million Dollar Mermaid. And if you don't know who Esther Williams is, well, then now we feel old. But <laughs> Esther Williams was like a water ballet slash movie star back in the era when those two things could be the same thing. Uh, which would be harder to pull off now. So Jane just thought we would enjoy it. But Becky's comment under there, I liked. Becky said that she thought this Esther Williams routine was the natural intersection of Operation Sea Turtle and Leanne's dance group. (laughs) So (laughs) I think she wants us to like bring back uh, water ballet, Uh, maybe with a snappy Bruno, Bruno Mars number. And uh, Kathy, Kathy was driving through Central Oregon, driving through Sisters, Oregon, on her way to Crater Lake, and saw the town of Sisters and posted a cute picture of that and commented that there is a whole town there devoted to us, uh, which is true, Kathy. <laughs> and what? Yes, that's right. Yes. Exactly. And what, you know, more, what newer members of the Satellite Sisterhood might not know is that when Satellite Sisters was originally on the radio, we were on public radio syndicated across the country, but we were based both at Oregon Public Broadcasting and at WNYC. And our P.O. box address, back in the day where you would get actual snail mail, we had a post office box that we got in Sisters Oregon, Kathy, because we thought it would be so fun every week to say on Satellite Sisters that you could send the mail to us in Sisters Oregon. So the nice people of Sisters Oregon at the like mailboxes, etc., or something there, once a week they would pack up our mail and they would send it to me in Portland. <laughs> so we have a long storied history in Sisters Oregon. So glad you had fun uh, driving through there. So there you go. Just a few of the things happening on the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. So join. So easy. So easy to join. I just want to remind people, Liz, that today Julie and I are recording our first Pole Dark and Handsome of Season 3. And we will be posting it uh, today, hopefully, um, at Satellite Sisters Talk TV. We should have mentioned that at the top of the show, but it will no longer be on the Satellite Sisters feed. You have to subscribe over at Stitcher or at Apple Podcasts. So that's the deal. I'll try to put the link on the group site, too, and the Facebook page so that you can all hear the first one. It was a two-hour rip-roaring season premiere, and Julie and I have a lot to say about it. So Satellite Sisters Talk TV is the feed where you will find all the podcast the recaps, the TV recaps. Just that is exciting that yep. the recap season is beginning. Yeah, again. Madam Secretary next week. So uh, next Tuesday, we got a lot, we be, a lot just, of TV watching. Just mark, I know, just mark, mark it all out, Land. We, we got a lot to cover. Woo, yeah, just woo, write it down, mark it out. We're ready. We're ready to go, though. Satellite Sisters Talk TV. That's where you find it. 
very excited. Maybe that's the season that we should. It's not Halloween season. It's recap season. That's just, <laughs> let's just devote ourselves to television recaps. Mm. Um, okay, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Sat Sisters. Uh, the same at uh, Instagram. A lot of cute pictures going up over there, including oh, I those post- mugs. I love people's coffee mugs. That's yes. great. Your favorite coffee mugs. And this weekend, I had a little birthday celebration with uh, Sheila Dolan. So I posted a picture of Sheila on her birthday. If you want to see what's up with Sheila lately, she had just spent the whole afternoon at the Bobby Brown counter. So it's very. Oh, that explains. She looked very, uh, yeah, she looked all put together. There you go. Okay. She had gotten a gift certificate, Leon. So she thought Bobby Brown was the way to go. Okay. Anyway, so. We're your Satellite Sisters. We always want to stay connected. Uh, And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.